and welcome back to another episode of Civil Discord, your weekly dose of radical curiosity. I am one of your awesome, lovely, great hosts, the notorious BLG, aka Maurice, and with me, as always, across the technology that capitalism has created that is phenomenal. We are not anti-capitalist here, is Miss Amanda from the People's Republic of California, aka the Supreme Overlord of Liberty. Hey, How hey. is it going? It's it's going well uh, here in the People's Republic. Again, holding down the fort as always. A shout out in, in solidarity, by the way. I heard we got some Australian and New Zealand listeners uh, when yes. I was talking about invading. Um, so shout out uh, in solidarity to all of my Australian and New Zealand, all of our Australian and New Zealand listeners. We yes. are with you in spirit and uh, stay fierce over there. Yes, stay fierce over there. Um, be easy over there, but don't be too easy on the police, you're, the, the police state that you're in. Um, Amanda and I were kind of discussing it a little bit in, in the in the pre-show, but definitely I love to see it. I love to see what the people are doing over there and how they are standing up and saying, hey, we're done with this. Um, I hate that they're having to do it, but I love to see it. Um, and I imagine that that things will start to. I think they would subside if if more people started joining, things would subside and the government would realize, hey, we can't control these people as much as we thought we could. So let's take a step back on a side note. This is why. Here in America, you should never give up your right to bear arms, not grizzly bear arms, but bear arms as far as maintaining weapons, being able to defend yourself and your and your home with firearms or whatever weapons you so choose, even if that includes firearms. Um, so this is somewhat of a note to that. But before we get into that, I was going to say. Yes, before we get into that, because that, that is a great segue into what, one of our topics of what we're talking about today. Before we get into that, there is a, um, I received an email oh, about a, a couple of weeks ago, actually, get, giving us some feedback as far as where we are ranking in other countries. And there are people in Brazil who are listening to us, which is awesome, surprisingly so. Um Brazil does have a huge ANCAP um, following down there, which, so. is, which, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but we are—we actually rank in the top 100 of podcasts when it comes to politics, surprisingly so. And you may say, oh, he's saying top 100 because they're probably like 89. No, we're actually in the top 50. We're actually in the top 40. We're right about 36. So with that being said, we rank in the top 100, which which I think is pretty great Um, for a, for a, a podcast that is only on episode 19, I say only, I mean, we, yeah. we've been doing this for, for a few months, but Barely we're on legal. episode 19 and people are listening to us overseas. I feel like it's pretty awesome. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. So again, uh, shout out to our Brazilian listeners as well. I can only speak Italian, so I can't, you know, I can't do the whole <laughs> Beto or pandering thing where I say something wonderful <laughs> and beautiful <laughs> to you in, in, uh, in anything other than Italian, but uh, right. thanks for listening. I wish I could speak Portuguese because I would, but I but but a, li a li little bit of a, a me story. A company that I used to work for um, when I lived in Nashville, I actually did international freight, and so I would with, with supply chain and order management and so forth. And I had a customer who was based out of Brazil, and it was pretty cool. And I and so I, I worked with a bunch of them. I you're probably not listening, probably because English is your second language, Thais. 
But if you are listening, shout out to you out there. Shout out to Cummins Filtration in Brazil. Um, you guys are awesome. You gave me a headache, but I still love you guys. Think about you guys all the time. Shout out to big, big ups to Brazil. Big ups to you guys. Next week, I will learn at least two Portuguese sentences and say those so I can be the better O'Rourke who, um, and, and pander because now he's running for the governor of my great state. And, um, and I'm oh hoping and praying that he and Matthew McConaughey pull each other's votes so somebody else can be governor. I'd, even Greg oh Abbott. Boy. I would rather have Greg Abbott than, than those two clowns. But that's just me. But anyway, anyway, b- 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 before I get off into a tangent of all kinds of other things, because, man, it's been a crazy week. Um, I was mentioning something earlier about firearms and uh, and how you should never disarm yourselves and your pop and the populace, because once you disarm the populace, it's a whole lot easier to control. There was something that passed earlier this week um, in a in the House and a bunch of Republicans, the red, your lovely GOP people who feel like they are just who who everybody claims to be claims them to be the savior of the Second Amendment. Um, which I, which has long been, been, uh, been pooped on, uh, in my opinion. Um, I don't use other words, but I will, I will say that as long been pooped on, um, they decided to vote for a, for a bill that actually passes red flag, cons, red flag confiscation. Who, excuse me, say that five times fast. So I want to say it was roughly a hundred and 13 people who voted on it. Let me let me pull it up so I can make sure that I'm not misspeaking the right to bear arms. Sorry. There is fortunately a list um, on, well, on Twitter and also on other websites that will right. show you the names of uh, the representatives and who voted for this, uh, this bill. So it's 135 Republicans uh, passed the House of Representatives 316 to 113. Um, so for those who don't know, red flag gun confiscation essentially allows you to, uh, to claim that someone is too dangerous to own a firearm. Uh, and the, the problem with the way that these laws are typically written is that the burden of proof is very, very low to non-existent. Uh, essentially, if I don't like you, Maurice, I can claim, I can call the police and I can say, you know, Maurice owns firearms and I, I think that he's, you know, he's violent or he has a tendency to lash out. And so it, it's very, very easy to manipulate these laws uh, to any political party. What if, you know, if you have a Republican who knows that someone next door owns a gun and is a, is a BLM protester, uh, then that Republican can easily go off and, uh, and call the police and say, you know, I don't feel comfortable with this person owning a firearm, make up some story. And this is, this is dangerous because it sets a precedent whereby the burden of proof is on you to confirm and to verify that your constitutional rights apply. Uh, that should not be the case. So um, I, I found out about this via the Instagrams because people would, because I follow quite a few people on, on Instagram and most of them, um, 
agree with me when it comes to the Second Amendment and so forth. And and uh, and they were I, I stepped away so I could grab my phone so I could make sure that I could um, I could see one one guy posted talked about how, uh, you know, we always because the Republicans always say it's only the Democrats who are coming for your guns. It's only Democrats and, and all this other kind of stuff. And so one of the guys, one guy who I follow posted this, um, uh, posted it. And I was like, oh, snap, what the heck am I missing? Like, let me hop into this. So the Republicans excuse was that this was in a military spending bill. And so they didn't know what was in the bill. So they it was it was kind of like, you know, that omnibus spending bill that happened way back in January and was supposed to be vetoed by 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 then President Donald Trump. And it just and it just went on through like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. We send all this money to Israel. We sent all this money to Pakistan. Um, we're still funding things like lizards walking on treadmills to figure out how that works. Sorry, like, was that an Israel reference? So was that an anti-Semitic lizards on treadmills? <laughs> I'm sorry. Offended. I know we're celebrating Feast of Tabernacles. My apologies. <laughs> this is not anti-Semitic <laughs> at all. At all. Um, I'm sorry. Continue. With the, the <laughs> no, lizards on good. the treadmills <laughs> controlling the weather. Exactly. So all of these things. Well, they are they are saying that this is another instance of that that they did not know what was in this bill, and so they voted yes, not understanding that red flag confiscation was in it. Now, for this says two things, in my opinion. One, if you don't know everything that's in the bill, maybe you shouldn't be voting yes. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's pretty straightforward. I'm, I, I get we live in a culture where we automatically click, click yes. I've read the terms and agreements. Yes, I agree to all this. Yes, I agree to all that. Because we think we understand the gen, the how things function generally. And so like, okay, this is how things should work. This, I mean, if it's a military spending bill, then this is what I'm operating. Yes, I want to fund the military. Yes, because I don't want to look weak to my to my um, constituents and say, oh, well, we just had a debacle in Afghanistan and I don't want to support them. I want to make sure they have. So you have all these things culminating together and you're just kind of thinking like, oh, yeah, I've got to vote. Yes. But then you're like, oh, snap. I literally just voted for red flags, for red, red, red flag laws. So now my I guarantee there will be a lot of people. Heck, if this was if if I was a libertarian party and I was literally in these districts, I would run my entire campaign off of this specific vote, whether or not it fully passes and 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 this actually starts to happen or it doesn't. I would literally be like a your representative voted to take away your Second Amendment rights. Took away your takes away your rights to uh, uh um the, what's the, what is it the um unlawful search and seizure mm-hmm. your right to a speedy trial I mean they literally violated red flag laws violate roughly three to four of the Bill of Rights well yeah not just a second roughly three or four so that being said I would run on that that's if I was running if I was a voting person I'd vote for libertarian who would do those things so one. You need to make sure you read everything that is in that bill. Two, this just shows that they do not care. They don't care to read anything. Like they, they, they know just as much what's in the bill when it comes to them as we do when it comes to us. 
which is honestly nothing. I think more. I think we probably read more of it than they do. They, I'm just saying that's they, just me. Well, and oftentimes they don't even write the bills. Oftentimes it's staffers. And I say this, by the way, with all the love in the world for staffers. I used to <laughs> live in, in D.C. land where and I worked in think tank land. And uh, half the people, maybe a third of the people who rode the shuttle with me to the metro every morning were staffers. And they were some of the brightest, coolest people I knew. Most of them were leftists. It's great. They're wonderful people. Um, and... So they're writing these bills. A lot of times, if you are the lawmaker in, you know, on paper, you're not reading what's on the paper. You're not reading it critically. You're not looking at it. And I mean, to even admit something as boldly as, as, to, as to be able to say, well, we didn't know this was in there. It kind of snuck in is, I mean, at least it's honest. Right. Uh, I know Cawthorn has said something like, well, I knew that it wouldn't pass the Senate or so. I just, I voted for it. And, well, then first principles, man, principles, you know, and as you were saying, and, and I, I said this earlier that it, it doesn't even, it doesn't just violate these rights. It puts the burden of proof on you to mm -hmm. prove that you should have, and you have, you know, you're entitled to these constitutional rights. Right. Uh, yeah, like I said, libertarians, they're, they're emphatic about their guns. And I think you are correct that any, <laughs> any libertarian <laughs> candidate in, in one of these districts could run on that alone and, and do some damage. Uh, and it's, it's not about having guns to have an arsenal, to have a new Ruby Ridge or whatever. Right. It's, it's the again we see what happens in Australia and New Zealand we see what happens when you have an unequal balance of power uh we see what but happens remember um, yeah. according to Joe Biden that uh if you need to take on the US government you're going to need nukes yeah. at 15 and nukes so why is this Hands a big up, deal nuke. wait where we just should have red flag gun confiscation laws for nukes and again i am i i think that we can have you know common sense laws about guns. This is not a common sense law when all you need to do is, is say, well, my neighbor who supports BLM owns a gun and I don't feel safe, so I'm going right. to call. It, it, this always works both ways. This can always be turned against, against anyone. Definitely. And, and, for, and for those, for those I, we probably don't have a, few, a lot of listeners who will agree, who, who, who will agree with red flag laws. But those of you who think that red flag laws of some sort are okay, because I know a while back, Dan Crenshaw, everybody's beloved Texas Republican um, congressman, a man who, who I'm not, I'm not a big fan of. He talked about red flag laws and, and uh, Donald Trump talked about red flag laws. So some Republicans are actually okay with it. If you think that they're a good thing, look at Maryland. Maryland passed the they passed red flag laws. And I want to say within two months of it being passed, uh, don't quote me on that part. But there was a gentleman by the name of Gary Willis, who was 61 years old. People showed up to his house, banging on his door to confiscate his firearms. He had no idea who they were. Zero idea who they were. It ends up turning deadly and they end up killing the man because somebody felt like, oh, it that that he was not stable enough to own his firearms and they were well i'm trying to protect him 
no, you didn't protect him. Whether you were trying to or not, you didn't. This, this guy ended up dead because people tried to come and take his guns. He had no idea who they were. And when you're breaking into somebody, when you're breaking into somebody's house and they don't know who you are and they are armed, they will probably start firing. Just saying that's that's mainly one of the reasons why people have firearms is just in case somebody breaks into their house, they're able to protect themselves and their family. So sad story, but red flag laws are not a good thing. They are not a good thing. They aren't. I don't, I don't, I, you cannot convince me otherwise. Um, there are, there's a, there's a TikTok going around like, what hill are you willing to die on 1000%? That is one of the many hills that I'm willing to die on is confiscation. Red flag confiscation is not a good thing. You're confiscating firearms for people. Not a good thing. Not a good thing. Well, and again, if there were a way to minority report this, and if there were a way to like know that you know someone is going to commit a violent act, but the burden of proof again is so problematic here. Uh, this, the right. language of, of of these laws are, are horribly written and so violative. Definitely, definitely. But speaking of voting, <laughs> and uh, I mean, s- since these Republicans don't know how to vote, and again, I know a lot of times we come in here, we rag on the left. Yeah, I'm ragging on these Republicans 100% today. I want everybody to know that whoever you're voting for, most of them don't even read these bills. I want to say there are there are maybe three or four um, people in Congress from the House and the Senate that I feel like at least attempt to read these. And when they can't read them in full, they don't vote yes for them. And one of them is the great Thomas Massey. Well, and I... Yeah, I, I enjoy. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, no, I was going to say this portion, this this actually got pulled out and turned into its own special little referendum. So everyone definitely was reading this. <laughs> this is the provision on funding the Iron Dome. Now, as listeners, frequent listeners of this podcast might know, I am a Zionist insofar as I believe that Israel has a right to exist. Um, that doesn't mean that I'm a militant nationalist against uh, Arabs and then Palestinians. Uh, it means that I think Israel has a right to exist. And I like the Iron Dome. I like the Iron Dome because it's purely defensive. Uh, the risk that you run if the Iron Dome is deployed is of walking outside when the Iron Dome is deployed and then shrapnel might fall, which is why if there's a siren and the Iron Dome is deployed, you need to stay in in your bomb shelter, which is a very common thing over there. You need to stay in your bomb shelter until everything finishes falling. It does not launch any missiles of its own into enemy territories. The Iron Dome is purely defensive. So I stand for the Iron Dome. However, I understand, I disagree, But I understand uh, the libertarian case against funding defensive infrastructure for other countries. Disagree on the in this case, especially since they're an ally. Uh, But there is a distinction between someone like Massey, who on principle always votes against uh, defensive funding internationally, and someone uh, like uh, Representative Tlaib. Um, Representative Omar, uh, Representative Cortez, who either vote no or present specifically on funding that is purely defensive for uh, the state of Israel on account of it being a, a, a genocidal or apartheid state. 
uh, purely with definitions of the terms. It, it, Israel is, is not a, a genocidal state. All right, you can disagree right. with their policies that doesn't make them genocidal. Words mean things, it's important. Right. Um, and so it, it's, it's difficult. I just wanted to put out a little PSA because while I disagree with both Massey's vote and the, you know, Tlaib's vote, the rest, they came from very different places. You know, Massey on principle opposes international defensive spending. Right. Uh, Tlaib on principle seems to oppose uh, the Jews. And right. so there, there is a distinction. I would just ask that people be careful of that, not to say that every vote against uh, this, uh, against funding the Iron Dome is, is anti-Semitic. Again, right. I would vote to fund it. If I were the president, everyone would get their own personal Iron Dome because I love <laughs> it that much and it's awesome. Right. People vote not to fund things for various reasons. Right. Of course. I mean, and, and on that note of not all votes are, are, are not all no votes are created equal. This, this kind of, Reminds me of of issues that we were running into that I as as a libertarian was running into last year, all of twenty twenty when it was coming to um, protesting the police and police brutality and the whole George Floyd and and so forth. And it was one of those things of like, oh well, Maurice, like like you're you're an ANCAP, like you should be out there with Black Lives Matter and protesting this stuff. And I was like, um, just because we both are not liking the police right now does not mean we're on the same team. So just because Thomas Massey and Rashida Tlaib and, and that whole squad vote no against Bill means does not mean that they're on the same team because they, they're by far on two ends of the spectrum. One is completely against the state. And one of them is I just want to use the state to enforce what I want to do as opposed to what it's currently doing. And that that's kind of how how I felt last year and so forth when, when it came to BLM and, and then protests. And it's just like, look, just because we're both against police brutality does not mean we're on the same team. You're opposed to police brutality because it doesn't benefit you right now. But if they were beating up on me, you'd be 100 percent for it because you're because you are because we have opposing ideas and so forth. So it's I, it's it's along those same lines, at, at least for me. It's just because you 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 guys are are seem to be headed in the the same direction doesn't mean you guys are doesn't mean that they're pointed in the same direction at all. Thomas Massey is by far on the opposite spectrum of the squad, and what and when I mean opposite, as in I like Thomas Massey. He is one of the few representatives that I actually like and will actually and I respect him in the way that he votes. Even though I may disagree with him on some few on, on a few things of how he votes, he's principled. And we um, we were on a podcast a few weeks ago, and um, we're on where's the purple? And his tagline is principle over politics, and that is definitely what Thomas Massey holds to. That's not what the squad holds to. And so when we're looking at these things, and you know, and we just talked about Republicans who voted. Who voted no on the, on the military spending and how that was got and the, the red flag confiscation was was kind of um, put in put in there. It's you j just because they're voting no doesn't mean that doesn't automatically mean like oh no that that they're they're not okay with red flag confiscation because Dan because Dan Crenshaw probably may have voted no I didn't check, um, but 
he he is for some sort of confiscation of firearms. Like so not all no's are created equal. Definitely, definitely, definitely want you guys to know and understand that. But you did mention BLM. And I think uh, they are at least uh, some factions of them. I, I always try to distinguish um, between like the BLM hierarchy, the BLM elites at the top, mm-hmm. and then people who are protesting in the streets. Um, but in New York in particular, BLM is uh, now opposed to vaccine mandates and vaccine passports, which is, I mean, I think it makes complete sense. I think it makes yes. it makes absolute sense because the majority of people who are unvaccinated uh, are are non-white. And there are many, I think it, the, the majority of the African-American population in in New York is is uh, is not vaccinated as of now. It's not fully vaccinated as of now. Right. Um, and that's not to paint anything with a with a brush. That's statistically what's true. And so this is if you have a restaurant or if you have a bar or whatever, if you have a place that's enforcing these mandates, what's going to end up happening is you're going to see more black people being turned away at the door uh, than yep. any other race. And this, in fact, occurred uh, at uh, at one establishment at a restaurant uh, where several black patrons went. They're from Texas, uh, and there was a kerfuffle uh, when they were not when they were not able to produce, uh, you know, a sufficient vaccine passport. Uh, and this provoked outrage. This provoked the leader, one of the uh, one of the organizers of BLM in New York, to put uh, Mayor De Blasio on notice, which I always enjoy. I always enjoy when De Blasio is on notice. It makes <laughs> me, me so happy. His real name is Warren Wilhelm. I can't say that enough. Anyway, he's permanently on notice in my book. Uh, always, <laughs> it's just the notice book. It's uh, Warren Wilhelm, but so he's on notice. And it was interesting initially how this was reported, right? Because it was a a group of Texans were kicked out of a New York restaurant for refusing to comply with the vaccine passport rule. No mention of race. Mm. Um, Now, when you look at at the security footage, you notice that, again, this doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. But you notice that the hostess is, is Asian. She appears to be Asian American. And I was thinking, you know, if, the, if this were a white group, it would be white Texans assault Asian American hostess for refusing to comply or, or in refusal to comply with, with vaccine right. uh, passports. But yeah, so now BLM is anti-vaccine passport. And I think that it it is certainly inequitable. This policy is absolutely inequitable. There's no getting around it. It's going to lead in more black people being turned away from establishment than any other race. Right. I mean, that, that's just, I, I, I watched something the other day and they, we, we kind of got into this, uh, I we, they got into a discussion as to why minorities weren't necessarily um, uh, vaccinated at the same rate as, as, as everybody else was. And so it was, it, it, it was an interesting topic and in, in how even within the black community, it's, it's, um, that they'll say, they will say things like, Oh, well, you guys don't care about, you know, 
drinking and you guys don't care about this and that. The other you guys have have these rates and these rates and these rates um, that are bad. And now all of a sudden you don't want to get vaccinated. Now, all of a sudden you want to be aware of what you're putting in your body and and uh, and so forth. And the guy's rebuttal of that, which was really good, was. If you have been making bad decisions your entire life. And then all of a sudden you want to start thinking for yourself and you want to start reading up on things. Am I am I supposed to say, well, why are you trying to make good decisions in your life now? Start continuing to make bad decisions. No. Anybody in the right mind would applaud you for saying, you know what? I haven't always been on the right track. I haven't done things properly in my life. Let me do that now. And so now that that is what the minority community is starting to do. That is what. I think I think you have a lot of black people who are waking up to this idea of maybe the government doesn't really care about me. Um, we they, they had this idea back in 2007, 2008 with I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Katrina, which was 2004. And so um, 2004, 2005, when Kanye got up there and said, hey, George, George Bush doesn't like black people. Or whatnot, and now you got people getting up there saying, "Hey, Joe Biden doesn't like black people," and I, I really do think that there's that even in BLM, even though I don't agree with with most of what they do, and 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 like a man did point out earlier, these are a lot of like local chapters, and even though they have the term BLM, they're very much very autonomous with with within 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 what they do. So they may have that BLM as far as their organization, their chapter number. But they don't always align with whatever their 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 headquarters says and so forth. So because I know there are some BLM chapters that are very much libertarian, surprisingly so. Um, and they march and they 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 march for for their Second Amendments um, and, and so forth, because I know one of the guys who I follow was spoke at him often. Spike. Spike Cohen speaks out, speaks at certain um, BLM marches. Um, yeah. Maj Toure, he who was my spirit animal. Um, I, he is definitely my spirit animal. Um, not not fully because he is very much into politics. Um, and, and I'm not and I, I take a step back from that. But I'm I'm if if he was running on any form of ticket, he has my I will go back to voting and vote for him just for the pure aspect of like, I get to vote for my spirit animal, but, but he goes and he speaks at these things. And so I, I think there is starting to be an awakening within BLM um, within those local chapters to say like, you know what? They don't always have our best interest in mind. And so, and it's, it's, it's funny because I remember way back in the very beginning when these passports and stuff were starting to come out and people were saying, you're going to affect the minority communities, because they are the ones who do not want to get vaccinated. You were literally creating a tax. You're forcing people to go in and do things. And these are a community that's not going to do it. Everybody was like, no, you're wrong. That's racist. So you're saying black people can't get the vaccine, yada, 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 and so forth. But now, look, it's literally happening. They're like, no, we don't want to be vaccinated. Like, you cannot force me. There's a, there's another gentleman Andrew Wiggins, I'm not sure if you if in, if there are any sports sports people who listen, but Andrew Wiggins plays for the Golden State Warriors. He literally said, "I'm not getting vaccinated until I read up on it more and until I know I I, I know more of the effects on it or until you guys force me to do it." And I think 
his force was like, you got to do it at gunpoint. Um, and I mean, he's Canadian. Go figure what's happening in Canada. And he's uh, he's over in the United States living his life of luxury out there in um, in Oakland. But so he's and and he's catching flack out there. I uh, know Oakland. Life I'm sorry. Of luxury. Life of luxury in Oakland is <laughs> one I haven't heard. <laughs> he probably doesn't live in Oakland, but but that's where Golden State plays. So that, that, that's the. That's what I say. But so, but he's getting flack from his um from his organization saying we were trying to convince him to get vaccinated and so forth. And they're like, no, we're not going to do it. There's a, an NFL guy that um, DeAndre Hopkins, who literally said, I'm contemplating retirement if the NFL forces me to get vaccinated, which mm-hmm. I'm all for. Like, these are people who are saying, you know what? Let me read about it. Let me make the decision for myself. This is not being anti-vax or anything like that. It's, this is just allowing people to do what, they, what they've been put on this earth to do, and that's make a decision for themselves. Right. Like, I'm not forcing anybody. I don't – I personally have antibodies, so I have, the, I have that, that like natural the immunity and so forth, herd immunity. I'm moving forward with that. But if I was – if I worked around a bunch of old people, and I and 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 there was all kinds of stuff going on. If I was eighty years old, I would probably get the vaccine. Yeah. Like like there, it's 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 one of those things of like just allow people to do it. And now that BLM is coming full circle, whereas you know before they're protesting against the state, which which was they're they're protesting different things um, that I would want to protest, but. They're protesting against the state in, in certain aspects and they're burning down cities, unfortunately, and so forth. But now they're protesting something. I'm like, you know what? I can get behind that. Yeah, like, like we, we can we can kick like like we can tell the state to kick rocks together. Like, yeah, that's something that, that, that I can get behind. Now they would have to prove that they support other things that I want to get because I'm not going to be I don't want to march next to them because they probably do want me dead on a whole lot of things. But. They are doing some good things for what I feel like is um is is some some good things for the black community. One hundred percent, telling people, hey, you know what? These vaccine mandates, like these passports, you are you are literally creating a caste system that is now going to be racially divided, and you're telling black people that hey, we're not good enough to 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 come into your establishment. Reminds me a lot of Plessy versus Ferguson. Mm. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, and I think part of this is where this might be a a place where you and I differ because I would march with BLM. I don't agree with them on everything, and but I'm one of those people who, in the spirit of of Frederick Douglass, I I would unite with anyone to do right. I would unite with anyone to do good, and I would absolutely march uh, side by side with with a with a BLM. First of all, because I mean, I I do feel like Black Lives Matter, Um, and I know that you do too, obviously. but, you know, protesting police brutality, yeah, I march for that. Uh, protesting vaccine mandates, protesting measures against choice, yeah, I march for that. Protesting the idea that Black lives matter only when Black votes matter, as it seems to be the case for so many elected representatives, yeah, I'll march in protest of that. Uh, mm-hmm. And that seems to get at the heart of it, you know, I, I you know, we hear we were we were hearing all about how voting ID uh, or and ID requirements for voting is is racist. If that's the case, um, why not make sure that everyone has an ID which you need to to drive to buy alcohol 
to do all kinds of things rather than say you don't need to do this one thing just when you're putting me in power. Mm -hmm. It fundamentally makes no sense to me. You want to empower people all the time, not just when it means voting about who should have power. Uh, This is, uh, I'm going to read a little bit from an article at blackenterprise.com. So this this is about the incident. More than 70% of black Americans between 18 and 44 in New York City have not gotten the vaccine. Uh, a, statistics, a statistic repeated by activist Shavona Newsom at the restaurant protest of Carmine's Italian restaurant. Uh, Hank Newsom, a black activist and the co-founder of Black Lives Matter Greater New York Chapter, organized a protest outside Manhattan restaurant. Um, and he, said, he has this to say, uh, we are not anti-vaxxers. Some of us are vaccinated. It's an individual's choice. No one should be forced to put something in their body. Uh, I think that's perfectly spoken. I think that's beautifully said. And, and again, I would, I, I would absolutely march, march for that. So. And, and I, 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 that is definitely some, a place where, where we differ as, <laughs> as far as marching with BLM or whatnot, just because of, of, uh, I, I, there are very there are a lot of things that, that I feel like most BLM chapters disagree with me on mm-hmm. to the part where they they want me. One of my spirit animals always says they want you dead, mm. um, but to the to the point of where like they, we are vastly opposed to things. Yeah, and and they they would rather see me die than than to even live live um in a communal life um together where they are free to do what they want and I'm free to do what I want. Um, but I mean, I, I'm not here to bash BLM. Like right. they, they are, if they like, they choose to march against police brutality for sure. Like I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, but I, as a, uh, what, what, uh, I, I know a, a few episodes ago we talked about like activism and mm-hmm. so forth. And, and I, I, I'm almost to the point where I'm done asking for permission. Like it's, it's, um, you know, people have marched for so many years for, so, for, for certain things and certain things and certain things. And, and at, at some point, um, like I'm not asking to be accepted oh, yeah. by, um, by, by, by other people. I just want to be left alone kind of thing. And, and, and th- that's not the reason necessarily why, why I don't, um, why I, that I would say that 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 would be my biggest disagreement with why I don't with why I would not march with BLM, and I and, and if if they were marching for all the same thing, then then yes. But I I feel a lot of time like BLM what they they are marching to be accepted by people who they deem as the oppressor, and I'm just like I'm I don't need you to accept me, just leave me alone. Let me do let me live my life. Let me move on and so forth. And, and that when it when it when I when we get down to the core of why I'm not a big fan of BLM, that is really it. Like not necessarily politics and so forth, because I can, I can talk with people who I disagree with and march with them or whatnot um, for a good cause. But their, their, their goal is for acceptance. And my goal is for being left alone in the grand scheme of things. But again, like, I mean, kudos to BLM in New York. Um, who would have thought right. that that I would say something like, "Yeah, you know, be a, hey, BLM doing something actually good for the black community and not spitting out some um so, some crazy stats 
that uh th that can be definitely be misinterpreted and so forth. But I mean, so power to you out there in New York City. Um, I, I hope you guys make a change. I hope Bill De Blasio. Uh, is, uh, <laughs> Sorry. Well, oh, um, is 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 done. I, I know that they. Do they they have a mayoral race coming up? They do. They do have a mayoral like, race coming up. Yeah, and they do like yeah. ranked choice voting, aren't they? I think that they did. Oh gosh, did they do that on the primary? See, I, I'm I've been so preoccupied with with the California election. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. That I have not seen. I will say just on the point of being accepted by the oppressor. I I don't see that from BLM. I I don't see that as as being the motivation. Um, I, I see it as as wanting uh, to have, uh, you know, even in the upper echelons, I, I see it as being aimed at, at an overthrow uh, mm. and overthrowing, um, you know, we'll get back to the Hegelian negation of the negation again. But uh, in terms of, yeah, I can sympathize with not wanting to march with someone who wants you dead, obviously. <laughs> Uh, but I do, I do see the the value in raising awareness and and using you know using a common cause as as a tool mm -hmm. for awareness. Right. But I I I, I got you on that. So yeah. <laughs> for sure. So um, I think we have enough time to get into this a little bit. Um, do you want to do you want to hop into this? Which one? The CIA. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. So we have a couple. We have a couple goodies. Um, <laughs> and so it's just come out that our friends over at the CIA, the good people at the CIA, um, <laughs> do a bunch of good things like centralized yeah, intelligence. Uh, yes. It's always a great thing. Yes. So they considered many uh, many ways of taking out. Julian Assange, uh, including kidnapping and assassination. Now, I am not the hugest fan of uh, of Julian Assange. I am more of a fan of Snowden than I am Assange. I don't, and maybe if I researched Assange a little bit more and got into his motives a little bit more, uh, I would. I'd, I'd change my tune. I certainly don't wish ill for him, and I don't wish right. him to be kidnapped or assassinated. Uh, right. I just probably don't think that I would have a good time with him. Um, <laughs> but yes, so evidently uh, the CIA uh, was so put off by the entire uh, WikiLeaks breakthrough that they considered kidnapping and assassinating uh, Julian Assange. So this is some uh, senior officials inside the CIA. I'm reading from Yahoo right now. Some senior officials inside the CIA and the Trump administration even discussed killing Assange. Uh, discussions over kidnapping or killing Assange occurred at the highest levels. And there seemed to be no boundaries, said a former senior counterintelligence official. Now, they make this sound as though this is a, a phenomenon unique to the Trump administration. But as we all know, presidents... Uh, and you know, CIA agents have a long and storied history of taking out all sorts of civilians. And in fact, uh, this was uh, part of the reason that they targeted Assange is because he released footage of the U.S. military doing exactly that, destroying innocent children, uh, which I do not support. I, I don't think either of us do. <laughs> not at all. Right. So again, the, the Yahoo article sort of spins this again as being as being a, a Trump thing. In this case, it certainly was orchestrated that the, the thinking and the planning was concentrated uh, within the Trump administration. 
But this is something that is not new for our intelligence administration. It's not new. We drone civilians uh, quite often. And I repeat, this is part of what made Assange a target was that he let everyone know about this. Right. I mean, think about how crazy this is. You literally have the CIA, this, this organization, these people who are highly trained killers, highly trained people who infiltrate specific areas and take out people and do all these things, planning to kill somebody who is nonviolent. Somebody who all he did was expose people for what they are. And instead of them saying, hey, you know what? Let's give him, I mean, and he's not a U.S. citizen, but he, he he's a human being. And if we're going to say, hey, you know what? This guy needs, at least give him a, some sort of trial before you try to kidnap and kill the man. Mm-hmm. Like, I get, you know, if, I, I don't say I'm not going to say that I would agree with this, but if this was like some crazy serial killer and he was over here blowing people up and doing all these kind of things and he was being a, a and uh, and Osama bin Laden and so forth. And that's and this was your plan. I I, I would say, OK, like I could see your justification and want to do the, to do this. But because he's a because he exposed your sins and your atrocities and everything that you were doing hurting other civilians and let and let let everybody let the entire world know about what you guys are doing now you want to kill them like that just that to me shows that you were even more um devious and you were even more disgusting than than I even thought in the very beginning and I had already low I'd already had a low value of you in 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 your in this organization, and now you're just trying. You want to you want to kidnap and kill a man as a as opposed to giving him a fair trial. And granted, again, I can't I can't necessarily say like, oh, you know, fair and fair and trial, you know, speedy trial, like those kind of things, because they could say, well, that's only for U.S. citizens. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if let's not talk about the U.S. Constitution, but um, but if 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 that's the case, then okay. But this man, did, like, he's not some, like, serial mass murder terrorist guy. Like, he's literally just a journalist who exposed things. And, granted, like, his motives may, may not have been pure and, and, and this, that, or the other. Um, I'm with you, Amanda. I haven't done as much research into him as I would like to even speak on that. But I will say this. If he's a human being and, he, and he's not out there killing folks left and right, then I probably, I probably don't want him assassinated. And if you want him assassinated, that that says that maybe there's something else that he's exposed that you don't want to come out. I don't know. I'm just saying there's a possibility. But I mean, I, that's crazy. That is crazy. to me. And I actually so I, I get the argument about state secrets uh, from from a certain perspective. Like there there are certain things that, uh, again, are are classified if you're plotting to do so. You know, if you're, if you're plotting something against China, for instance, you can't call China and let China know. That's another right. rant. That's that's freaking right. treasonous. But I digress. The, the truly chilling <laughs> thing 
and it is such a chilling uh, prospect for press freedom, is there's this line here later on in the article. So the U.S. officials were trying to designate certain journalists as so-called information brokers. So people who were passing on information, who were giving information to Assange uh, to, to put on WikiLeaks. The U.S. officials started targeting certain journalists as information brokers that could then be we don't know, prosecuted, arrested, interrogated. Here's the line. Uh, Among the journalists, some U.S. officials wanted to designate as information brokers were Glenn Greenwald, then a columnist for The Guardian, and Laura Poitras, a documentary filmmaker who had been instrumental in publishing documents provided by Edward Snowden. Is WikiLeaks a journalistic outlet? Are Laura Poitras and Glenn Greenwald truly journalists, the former official said. We tried to change the definition of them. And I preached this to the White House and got rejected. That's all. Mm. That's all. We tried to change the definition because we didn't like what they were doing. They weren't doing the journalism we wanted them to do. So we tried to redefine them as potential enemies of the state or accessories thereto. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press. Yeah, and they try to define them as not the press. Just, just, just slippery. Like it's, <clears throat> man. And when you think about the people who are trying to redefine these things, who, who are they? Who are they? You can say the Trump administration at this point because th- this article is trying to is trying to show that. But let's let's literally think about this. Does anybody know who these people are? Like senior officials, this person, that person. I don't know. I didn't vote to put them there to, to, to change the definition of what the press is so you can now right. kill this man. So you can now say that Glenn Greenwald, even though I don't agree with a lot of his politics, I feel like he's a very, 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 very intelligent person. Mm-hmm. And he is 100 percent somebody who I would back as far as his freedom of speech and how he comes to 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 his things. And he's a true journalist, whether he seeks the truth regardless of whether it's the left or the right and so forth. And for me to say that about Glenn Greenwald shows that this has nothing to do with politics and everything to do with just seeking the truth. Like, let's be real, people. You have these people who are trying to change the definition. Uh, We change definitions all the time. The definition of racism has changed. The definition of anti-vax has changed. Or, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anti-vaxxer has changed. The definition of... Genocide. The definition of fascism has changed. The definition of genocide. The definition of capitalism has changed. Like we change all these. We we make an excuse of well, we change the definitions because it has to evolve with with language. No, it's not it at all. You change definitions because you want to because you want it to fit whatever narrative that you have, regardless. And that's that's every single thing. I got into a conversation with somebody over over um, languages and linguists, and he was like, he uh, um, he he's like, oh well. 
you and I both know that that definitions change over time. And I was like, well, why, why, why do they need to change over time? Like if in he's, he's a person who's a, who's of the Christian faith. And so I was like, that's just like saying the Bible changes over time because, because 2000 years ago, I mean, we can say, I mean, it's written, you know, within, you know, the first century. So, so first or second century, that was 1800 years ago. So languages have changed. So now these things have different meaning. Like you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like, no, you want to change the definitions because they, because you want them to fit whatever you want to do. And again, I don't know what senior exec this was. I don't know who in the CIA wants to change these definitions to come and kill me because they can say, you know what, you know what, that guy right there, we're going to bring this full circle. That guy right there is saying some crazy things. Okay. And yes, he may be exercising his freedom of speech. But that's not speech. That's violence. Oh, he may be trying to be a journalist and, and report on things that are appropriate. So let me go ahead. And he has no right to, to, to his firearms. Let's go ahead and do some red flag confiscation on that. He has no right to a speedy trial or to a trial by his peers, trial by jury. Why? Because technically he made these things to classify him no longer a citizen that was afforded these rights. Like, And it's, it's always one of those things like, oh, well. Here you go again with that slippery slope. Like, well, that's what it is. It's a snowball effect. You do something very small and it just picks up speed. Like, people were talking so much trash about the Patriot Act in the very beginning. I was one of them. I w- I really was. I was like, no, man, we need this because we got to make sure that these terrorists don't come and do a 9-11. Like, for sure. I was young and naive, didn't really know. And I will admit that. But that was... Patriot Act, and now we're what twenty years removed, and it's gotten nothing but worse, as far as spying, unelected bureaucrats doing all kinds of things, changing definitions, trying to change the definition of of what a terrorist is, trying to change definitions, because now libertarians are deemed as deemed as terrorists because oh, a terrorist is anybody who who speaks against the government. Like, I mean, this is this is ridiculous. Well, and, and you're, you made a good point about when definitions change, it's true that meanings of words evolve. Typically, when that happens, it mean, it, the, the word becomes used in a separate milieu. So you're not using it to refer to the same type of thing, but to mean right. something different. What you're doing is, is you're, re- you're referring to something that's, that's conceptually distinct, such right. as something, uh, you know, something like, um, would be a good example uh something like happiness yes so happiness we now think oh it's it's gladness it's smiling Mm -hmm. now initially being happy meant being successful we Mm -hmm. it's not as though happy now means not successful it's not as though happy now means something having to do with like you know before success or you know it's happy still has that relevance within the domain of success. If you say he tried this and he was happy, happy can still be used to mean successful. However, right. it's also taken on an emotional valence. Exactly. So, exactly. So um, don't let people change definitions arbitrarily um, to, to fit whatever narrative they want. Um, just so you, just so you don't fit in their bubble. Um, Fight the man, be strong. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> on that note, 
Yes, I'm sorry. No. Um, we will wrap it up there. Uh, guys, thank you again so much um, for for listening, for subscribing. Our numbers are continuing to e- increase. Like I said, we have people listening to, listen to us in Brazil. We have people listening to us in Australia and New Zealand, which is super fascinating, so much fun, um, very interesting. People listening to us in all, I want to say roughly 15 different countries. Um, super fascinating. South America, Central America. I think I even I looked and we had somebody in Japan, which is awesome. You know, we should do whatnot, so. a live aid uh, kind of podcast against COVID tyranny. I think that yes. might bring the people together around the world. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. So um, thank you guys for listening. Um, Please, please, please leave us us a five star rating and review. Uh, We're number 36 in Brazil. The more reviews that we have in Brazil will bump us up to number one. Um, But uh, uh, and and, I mean, we're not here for the numbers. We're we're here just to to talk and to to have fun and so forth. But it helps when we're talking to more people. So um, please, please, please leave leave us that five star rating and review on Apple. Five stars because we know that we are worth every single one of those stars. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter. Um, we are we are causing a lot of havoc over there. Um, I love it. I know Amanda. We got some fan mail via Twitter um, as well. So uh, a, uh, a couple of weeks ago as well too. So um, definitely, 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 we do enjoy doing this for you guys every single week. Um, follow us on all forms of social media. Leave us that rating and review. If you do all of that, I assure you we'll be back in next week to do this all over again with your radical dose of curiosity. And until then, y'all be easy. Stay fierce. <laughs>